Hello, and welcome to History Host. I'm your host, Gabby Estrella. Last week on the podcast, we discussed the people who started the revolution and initially what pushed them to start the revolution in the first place. In this podcast, we'll talk about the organizations that the people made to help spread and push their ideas out into the country. So let's get started. When we ended last episode, I talked about Francisco Madero, who was put in jail after a mock election that was held by the current president, Porfirio Diaz. This made the people of Mexico very upset because Madero was a symbol of hope for the citizens of Mexico. He wanted to better the country, and with him in jail, he really wasn't able to do that. Madero eventually escaped, and he fled north to the U.S. border and eventually landed in Ladero, Texas. While in Loreto, Madero was writing a paper called The Presidential Succession of 1910. He gave this draft to four people so they could review it before he published and distributed it. Frederick Gonzalez Garza, Roque Estrada, Juan Sanchez Arroscan, and Enrique Bordes Manguel. I butchered those names, so my apologies, but the document was published in November of 1910, and it was secretly distributed across the important people of Mexico. The publication called for a revolt to start at 6 p.m. on the 20th of November, and people were getting ready to get on board with this plan. One reason the people were eager to jump on this revolt was because of all the terrible things that Francisco Madero wrote in the presidential succession of 1910. This document listed all the awful things Porfirio Diaz did and why he should not, no longer be in power. His scandalous election-winning history, his stripping away of land, his degrading behavior toward his citizens, and his causing of bankruptcy to the country. People started to realize that Diaz was not the person that anyone wanted in power. The few supporters that he had left were vanishing because Diaz was about to see everything he had built crumble before him. The revolt started fairly weakly, and it didn't really have many supporters. It was actually considered a failure because of how badly it went. Not many people attended it, and it wasn't really successful at all. However, this failed attempt at a revolt sparked so many other revolts throughout Mexico, specifically in the north. In the north, Pascual Orozco and Pancho Villa had gathered their armies and started to raid the government garrisons. In the south, Emilio Zapata was planning extremely violent and serious attacks on the local chiefs. These attacks killed many people, but they were also very successful. As horrible as these massacres were, the government was finally starting to take notice, which means they were working. And these raids, unlike the original, were so successful. The people were having success with their revolts, and the government couldn't ignore it for much longer. They were beginning to lose influence, and the people no longer wanted to support Diaz or what he stood for. Eventually, the pressure from the revolts was too much for Diaz to handle, and his demise was coming. The revolt grew larger and larger and larger, and it practically took over the whole country. 
as this revolution started to get more influential and more powerful, it would seem to be too much for all these political figures. Everyone knew that Diaz's reign was coming to an end, but when was the real question? In the spring of 1911, the leaders of the revolution and their armies took over Sinidad Juarez, a city in northern Mexico. The capture forced Diaz to step down and to resign. And for the first time in almost 30 years, the people of Mexico would have their first real election and they would get to choose who they want as their next president. So for now, I have been your host, Gabby Estrella. Thank you so much for joining this episode of History Host. Join us next episode and we'll dive deeper into the Mexican Revolution and who the Mexican people decided to elect as their next president. Goodbye!